health and fitness podcast. We are two CrossFit coaches, Shona Denovan and Chris Mota. This podcast is for Unit 4 members, anyone who is interested in CrossFit training and nutrition. And if you've got any questions for us or topics you'd like us to discuss, you can message us on Instagram at u4healthandfitness. Hope you enjoy. Hello, we're back. We're recording a Unit 4 Health and Fitness podcast for our members. How are you, Chris? I'm good, Shona. How are you today? Great, I'm really good. Um, how have you found your first week and a half back at the gym? I feel like I've never seen so many people in my life. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so nice being back. Like It's nice having somewhere to go that's not a coffee shop. Um, and where like I want to stay and speak to all the people um super busy but yeah it's, it's super nice being back what about you yeah I just love it like I feel um that's this is what it was meant to be like you know just having everyone yeah. around us um getting that atmosphere back uh like I I um just witnessed you take part in the workout today which was a really gassy one and I don't think that anyone would have been able to work as hard as they worked I'm feeling it I'm feeling mm-hmm. it right now yeah so what we're going to talk about today is our nasal breathing and um Chris didn't funnily enough nasal breathe for that workout but you've been no. doing some nasal breathing like through choice last week haven't you yeah so for the last month or so um up until today that was the first workout that I didn't do only nasal breathing in for like over a month and the difference I felt and we're going to go through like all the benefits in a second um Mm -hmm. I've just felt a lot more comfortable exercising than I would normally have felt um today was like a a definite difference like obviously the intensity was much higher and I was purposefully changing out of that nasal breathing um but just like how I felt mentally physically all the way through the workouts even if I was working like to my maximum potential for what I was doing Mm -hmm. it was uh it was a big difference yeah that's good so um we had this question because we've, we've been including nasal breathing sessions mostly on our Thursday our Thursday session um all the way through lockdown we've had some nasal breathing we've also had some 1990 what is it? 1990 breathing. It's just like yes. nasal breathing while on your back, which everyone loves because it's just so chill. Super easy. <laughs> it's really it's, nice. It's so, like this. Is this an exercise? Yeah. <laughs> You're That's one of my favorite exercises. Like <laughs> um, I don't like. If I'm completely honest, don't love coaching it because no one talks because they're all concentrating on breathing through yeah. their nose and their mouths are closed. Um, and I like uh, someone to talk to. However, um, yeah, we'll be including it. And, and we did get a couple of questions, people who are enjoying the nasal breathing sessions, but just being like, okay, so why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, so this podcast, we're going to answer that question. Uh, well, Chris is. Chris is the expert on the nasal breathing. So take it away. Uh, first of all, definitely not an expert. It's quite a new area for me as well. Um, but I like thinking a little bit more than the, the average person. So I'll, uh, I'll do my best. So starting off, your nose is built for you to breathe through it. It has all of the 
plumbing involved to keep the air as clean as possible, the right temperature and the right humidity. So especially in Scotland, where the temperature goes up and down so much, the humidity goes up and down so much, you are a lot less likely to get like a cough, a cold, any sort of like sore throat, that kind of thing, if you're breathing through your nose all the time. And this can just be like during the day when you're working, the only time you really shouldn't be breathing through your nose is when you're talking. So like on the podcast right here, we're going to have to breathe through our mouths the whole time. Uh, or if you're eating or drinking or something like that, where you're having to physically like use your mouth for the activity. Um, the next part of that. Well, breathing in and out of my nose. Good. So yeah, on the listening side of this, you can just relax a little bit more and breathe through your nose. Yeah, if you um, listen to this podcast right now, start nasal breathing. Yeah. Um, the next part of it is, and it kind of goes a little bit towards the, the yoga side of it. So this will be something you're a little bit more um, the expert in is as you breathe through your nose, it tends to push you towards the rest and relax side of your nervous system. So if you had like fight or flight down one end, you have rest, digest, relax down the other end, nasal breathing is going to push you towards the, the relaxation side. So although you could be doing something semi-stressful like a workout, you're not going to have to have all of your resources going towards something that it doesn't necessarily need to. Like if you're just doing a 15-minute AMRAP where you're moving at a set kind of steady pace, you don't need to be going like all of your energy into that at that time. You shouldn't be like super stressed. You should be able to kind of just keep moving through it. And it means that your, your nervous system is equal to the effort you should be putting into it at that time like today's workout was a total fight or flight like go for it kind of workout mm -hmm. so breathing through my mouth pushed me towards that even more so I could get even more intensity out of it uh, whereas like the Thursday workout is you should be really really close to that relaxation side so the nose breathing keeps you there as much as possible yeah, I think that's something that we we should definitely like expand on is um that, that we don't put nasal breathing in every single session. Um and I can hear Bobby Bobby's voice um talking about parasympathetic <laughs> nervous system, yeah. the rest and digest. Um and yeah, it's really important to have that as well. Like see just in everyone's day-to-day -day life. Um, like we obviously we've just lived through a pandemic. Um we, we want to as much as possible um, be breathing through our nose because it, it relaxes us, it keeps us calm. And if you ever get moments where you are feeling anxious, like there's so much to be said for taking a couple of moments, like two or three minutes, just sitting still, closing your eyes, breathing in and out of your nose. And essentially that's what meditation is. That's all, all like yeah. people, people are like, oh, I'd really like to learn how to meditate, but I don't know how. It's just breathing and focusing on your breath and the focus allows you to switch your thoughts off from anything else. And um, that's all it is really. Um, but yeah. then there absolutely is like CrossFit as, as a training methodology mostly is in your other um, nervous system. So your layer of fight or flight. And I mean, there's, yeah. Like people always talk about oh cortisol or like stress hormone being something that you want to yeah. avoid but that's not necessarily true um like it is there it's it's important it needs to be used um but it's just getting that balance in your life yeah i think um if you look at crossfit like 
we do as many things as possible so that when something comes up, you'll be prepared. And if you only ever sit and meditate all day and don't let anything stressful happen to you, as soon as one little thing happens to you, you're, you're going to fall apart. Like if, as soon as like what your dog has to go to the vets or like you get stuck in traffic, like you're going to be an absolute mess. Like you just can't handle it. So purposefully stressing yourself out is a good way of actually preparing yourself for times where you're going to have to handle that stress because other people around you might not be able to like it. If you have kids, like they're not going to have the same ability to handle situations that you should um, or, and if they have more of a, a handle on that, you have some work to do to, to bring yourself up to and above their level. Um, like you should, they should be able to rely on you rather than, than you on them. Mm. Yep. Love it. Okay. What's another benefit? So if you breathe through your nose, because your nose, like your nostrils are just a smaller hole than your mouth is your levels of CO2 stay a little bit higher kind of all the time. So the higher your CO2 levels, the faster oxygen gets into your blood, something called the Bohr effect. And I don't know enough about it to explain it. I'm not even going to bore you with the details um, and try. So more CO2 you have, the faster things swap over. It's like as if you're standing at the top of a really steep hill and then jump on a skateboard, you're going to go down a lot faster than if this, the hill is less steep. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I kind of just made that up in my head as I went along there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so because you get it so much faster, you can then use the muscles more often or, or more intensely. And then your performance goes up because of that. Like you you can do say a, a rep every 10 seconds rather than a rep every 20 seconds. If you're, if you're breathing through your mouth, it's, it's hard to really quantify the exact numbers on it, but um, there's some studies to show that you use oxygen 18 times more efficiently than if you're breathing through your mouth. So like not 18%, like most improvements are like in the five to 10% range, probably 18 times. So like if you could do one rep, it would be 18 reps. Wow. Which is ridiculous. It just doesn't sound real. Like I didn't really believe it for a really long time uh, when I was taught this, but I I looked through some of the studies and it was, it was pretty incredible. Mm. And that's the one that like most of our members are going to be interested in. Like the actual performance outcome is that it'll make your body more efficient at taking up oxygen. And also, do you mean flushing out carbon dioxide as well? So you don't necessarily want to flush out carbon dioxide because if you dump all the carbon dioxide, that is a less steep hill again, like I made the the skateboard analogy. So the higher um, you can keep your CO2 all the time, the the steeper that that slope you've got and the faster it's going to keep turning over. Um, Mm. The problem with breathing through your mouth is you can breathe so much air out all at once. You can just get rid of all of that carbon dioxide. And then that exchange happens a lot slower. I see. Um, Another thing I'm going back to talking about, like the, the nose having the plumbing involved for breathing. When you breathe out, it releases uh, something called nitric oxide, which basically opens up your blood vessels. So it relaxes them and opens them up so you can fit more blood through every second or however you want to describe that. So if you do that, breathing through your nose, blood vessels open up, 
your blood pressure goes down and also the amount of blood getting to the muscles and therefore the amount of oxygen getting to the muscles is higher. And that kind of goes into to the, the 18 times, like that kind of plays into that as well. It's not like a separate thing. Um, so that would be part of why it's so much more efficient to, to breathe through your nose. Brilliant. So yeah, like I think I've got a couple more things written down here uh, that I know we looked at a study in the, in the course I did for breath work that was on elite runners and they gave them six months to train for it. Six months, uh, 60%, 50% of the runners did only nasal breathing for six months and then they had to go and compete. And the other half just trained normal training, however they wanted to, breathing through their mouth, nose, whatever they wanted. And all of the people who were breathing through their nose took in less breaths over whatever distance the race was. It was quite a long endurance race. And their VO2 max, which is quite a standard endurance measurement, was not changed whatsoever by only breathing through their nose at maximum intensity in this race. So it shows that it does take time. Like they gave them the six months they needed to get back to where they were. Like if they'd just gone, okay, tomorrow you're doing nasal breathing, probably wouldn't have happened. They probably would have had a reduced performance, Mm -hmm. but with enough time, you can get back to where you were performance wise with all the other benefits of recovery, feeling good all the time because you're, you're not in that fight or flight when you're, when you're doing everything um, and just handling your stress better and stuff. Is it quite similar to altitude training? I don't know. I don't know enough about altitude training to, to really say. Um, I imagine it's probably quite similar, like like some crossover benefits and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I just don't know. You see those masks you see people wearing? Is that, is that, are they training themselves? From what, from what I've seen from the masks, they're really good for like warming up your breathing muscles so like your your diaphragm needs a bit of resistance to to actually act properly so breathing through your nose is really good because the smaller hole you're having to work a little bit harder your diaphragm works a little bit better so I think you get the same kind of benefits there um and one of the coaches I follow in the breathing space is called Brian McKenzie I used to work for for CrossFit Endurance way back um, and that's, that was his kind of findings from a couple of different studies he's done was in terms of actually like simulating altitude, it didn't really do the same thing, mm-hmm. but in terms of like warming up with it and using it in your warm up for your, before your workouts, their breathing efficiency was much better because they'd warmed up all the muscles a lot better than if they just like went out for a run or jumped on a rower or whatever. Mm. I feel like that's one of those 1% things though. Oh yeah. Like if you're, if you're not going to the Olympics, you don't need an altitude training mask. Like it's just. And even if you are going to the Olympics, yeah. you probably don't need that. You probably don't need it. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. Um, what about uh, like the actual technique of it? Like see, we, obviously we're talking about breathing in and out of your nose. Yeah. But when you're doing it, are you thinking about where it's going in your body? Are you thinking about, um, what muscles you're using to breathe um yeah I think it's the kind of thing that if you just start doing it in a workout you're not going to have the mental capacity to do that like I I can't think about my breathing so much when I'm like in the middle of a set of thrusters Mm. um like generally what I would start with is something like the 1990 breathing where you're laying on your back 
if your knees are closer to your chest, the closing, that angle closing up makes it easier to feel your diaphragm working. So you've just put your hands in your belly. You can feel your breath down and low in your belly a little bit more. And it's just easier than standing up because gravity is not working on you in the same way. Mm. Uh, start with that. Your body knows how to breathe pretty well. Like if you look at a baby breathing, they're really good at belly breathing. We just forget. I know, but people like, do forget and they, they shallow yeah, yeah. breathe. They breathe into your, their chest and their shoulders. Yeah. So it's just like a reteaching. Same as like if someone comes in and they're not very good at squatting, we just need to lead them through some really easy, non-intense squat reps to get them to, as close to like what we would consider good squat technique before mm -hmm. we like throw them into the Metcon where they're doing like a bunch of wall balls or whatever it is. It's really fast and you've got lots of other things to think about. Um, same thing, same thing really. Um, just practice when it's easy and then eventually it transfers over more into the stuff that's not so easy yeah mm, okay you have one more point um let me look through my stuff here i mean i think we kind of got all there like the yeah. only difference with the with you kind of mentioned like chest breathing and sho like shoulder breathing everything up really really high mm. in your lungs the the bits that pull the oxygen in there are way more of them at the bottom of your lungs so if you're always breathing up high in your chest you just can't get as much oxygen in because there's not enough of the stuff to pull it in for you whereas if you're breathing low in your belly there's way more of them they can just all bring in way more oxygen because there's just more of them down there uh, yeah. that, i think that's the only thing out of, out of the notes i've got here i think that's the only thing we haven't touched on already yeah so if you uh, want to practice it i think probably yeah do it in, on Thursdays but you can practice it yeah. when you're lying in your bed really good way to help you get to sleep put your hands on your tummy breathe in and out of your nose make sure that your your tummy's getting bigger as you breathe in getting smaller as you breathe out um and it's just like a technique like or training a muscle just like any other yeah um, you will get better at it and obviously it goes without saying if you are congested breathe through your mouth we so there's actually, a, there's actually a really good, I'm, since starting the whole thing of nasal breathing for the last month or so, I found that like, yeah, like I kind of get like a snotty nose sometimes and it's a bit disgusting, but just take a tissue with you, blow your nose every couple of minutes, you'll be fine. Um, if you only breathe through your nose and your body knows that that is the only way it's going to get air in, mm. it will find a way. Like it's not going to just like let you die because it wants to breathe through your mouth. Mm. Um there's some breath holding techniques that we can go through more probably in class. It takes a little bit longer uh, to clear your nose so that you don't have that kind of stuffed up feeling, mm. but your body's pretty smart. Like it doesn't want you to die. It needs air. If it knows it, the, the nose is the only way it'll put up with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you know a really nice side effect of um, pregnancy is? <laughs> no one um, more bogeys oh great yeah that sounds fun yeah. can't wait for that <laughs> something that you'll never have to go through um but yeah so but it's not really affected my my nasal breathing just give myself yeah. an extra little blow of the nose um we do this lovely um it's so all our breathing techniques that we do in yoga are called pranayama and we do this really lovely one called nadi shodana and it's alternate nostril breathing. And I think you would really like it. And what I, I like. I think I've done that before. Actually, it, yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I like that one because it actually does clear your nostrils as mm. well. So if yeah. you've got like one, what you'll notice there'll be one that is maybe slightly stronger, has like a better flow of air, and by the end you've like cleared it out. So and it is so good. See, like um, I remember someone in my yoga class years ago was really scared of flying and she'd learned this technique and then she did this when she got on the flight and she was it totally calmed her down and because all she could oh, focus right. on was this alternate the breathing. breathing yeah basically you just cover one nostril with your thumb you breathe in through one nostril and then you swap nostrils and breathe out through the other oh, and then okay. like swap so in through left out to right in to right out through left and you just keep going that sounds it, mentally exhausting. It's mentally exhausting because you're using your thumb and your pinky, but your whole entire focus is on that. And it's again, that, yeah. like if you're someone who struggles with switching your brain off meditation, that will be a good one for you. So, Chris, we talked about nasal breathing for half an hour. Holy shit, okay. That's a lot. Uh, so, guys, I <laughs> uh, hope that's helped. We're going to move on now and answer a couple of questions that we got from our members, um, let's answer Chris's question because it is a good one. Okay, so Chris asked, um, what are the most underrated and overrated movements within CrossFit? And his context for that was, which movements give the most bang for their buck and are not used enough and which are just for showing off? <laughs> right, so what's your initial... Well, we've talked about this just like briefly, yeah. but we tried not to talk about it too much so that we've actually got something to talk about here so what are your thoughts initially I think it really depends on what your goals are like for general fitness and like when we're programming the workouts for the class the movements that you can get the most range of motion with like the most weight almost are generally going to be better like a clean and jerk is better for a workout than a bicep curl because bicep curls, you just don't go very far. You can't lift much weight. Clean and jerk is therefore just better for that. If you want bigger biceps, like you're going to have to do bicep curls because they're just better for that job. So I think it depends on where you're coming from. Um, but saying that, I don't think burpees deserve as much credit as they get given. Oh, I, I do. I think yeah. burpees are amazing because there is... Give me another movement that will get you breathing and get you sweating as hard as a burpee. Uh, bike, row, run. Okay, okay. But um, burpee... Bastards, clean and jerks. Burpee, as you say, uses so many different joints, yeah. um, core strength, leg strength. You need a bit of flexibility and mobility for them. I am a huge fan of burpees. Huge fan anyway um but i i know thing is i wouldn't say that they're overrated because you're never gonna get like someone being like yeah i'm just coming in and working on my burpees today whereas you'll get someone coming in and working on their handstand walk every and I, single day yeah. yeah every single day and i think like look at how often we we program burpees look at how often we program yeah. handstand walks like there's a reason yeah. there's a reason you know, that, yeah i i think like to qualify what i said well it, it doesn't really apply to people in the gym it more applies to people programming the workouts for whatever program they're programming for like i've seen programs that will have burpees four times in a week uh, like you just don't need to do burpees that much like once or twice a week is plenty and the same as like we probably do handstands what every couple of weeks yeah um if someone was programming handstands every single day and they're not 
a gymnastics program like it's just a general fitness program you kind of need to question like is the dosing appropriate there mm, yeah i agree however when you're trying to program in a pandemic when no one has any equipment that sounds every day that's <laughs> and burpees every day yeah um yeah i think as well um people have movement like there's certain movements in crossfit uh where people are like i am not good enough until i have done this and and if that is the case then i certainly think it is overrated um so things like muscle ups things like kipping handstand push-ups actually just things like a pull up like a kipping pull up um things that are double unders as well Mm -hmm. um things that people sort of like pin their value against as well being like uh, and this comes up all the time see when it's competition season and people like oh I'm not entering RX because I can't do a pistol squat but they can they can do tons of other stuff at a really high level and at a really heavy weight so um yeah I think anything that people pin their value against or yeah yeah no I would totally agree I would totally agree with that I think like if if you think that, I think this, this also is really similar to people's weight loss goals sometimes as well. Like, oh, I'll, I will be so happy when I lose five kilos or I'll be so happy when I get a muscle up. And you you probably will be really happy for like all of 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you're going to look over to someone next to you who's doing 10 muscle ups in a row and you're going to feel like piece of shit because you can't do 10 muscle ups in a row again. And like the whole cycle continues and you're sad for another three years until you get 10 muscle ups in a row. Mm. um yeah, totally. yeah I, would, I would totally like that, agree there like that mindset is so common so common yeah. in all areas of like fitness and health like I will be happy when I achieve this no you won't you need to work on <laughs> you need to work on your happiness right now <laughs> if, if you have that attitude with with crossfit training then you're going to be quite unhappy for a very long time yeah and you probably won't last long either like if you're always pinning your happiness to like the achievement of one goal or a collection of goals like what if they don't happen like what if you just set a crazy goal and it's maybe not achievable this year like are you just going to be like all right well that year was a write-off like this year sucks I hate 2021 because I didn't get my muscle up by December 31st Mm. like is that is that the way it's going to go for you then if even if you trained three times a week, every single week, put all of your effort into it. And you're really, really close, but you didn't quite. Like, does that change how you feel about it? Mm, Yeah, totally agree. What about, so I think we've we've covered overrated movements. Is there any any other that you think are are in there? Um, No, I think we covered them. I think, I think what you said was like anything that people are pinning their value to is a, is probably the pretty okay. good overarching. What about things that are underrated? The thing is, <laughs> I, I know what we're both going to say, and I can hear like inside people's heads being like, these all sound like really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think are the underrated ones? I oh, think wait, can, I add, can I add in some more to the, overrate, to the overrated? Um, hang power cleans. You think they're overrated? I think, um, I think, yeah, I think they're way overrated. I'm just thinking, I love a hang power clean. Um, 
I especially love like high reps in a workout, but I'm probably not doing them in a way that is actually functional. Getting you, getting you any better at doing getting me overall. any yeah. better. No, no, like see movements yeah. where you can easily sort of adapt uh, to make it faster. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think if like, my, my favorite example of that was in the CrossFit Games, like uh, maybe like three or four years ago, there was like a DT workout and you like look across the line of people and everyone is just like bouncing the barbell off their thighs for the hang power clean mm -hmm. but matt fraser is doing like a perfect hang power clean every single time and he like smashed everyone like it took him like 0.1 of a second more every hang power clean but like efficiency does play a big part into it so if you totally change the movement like there's a reason the hang power cleans are done that way like if it was easier to bounce off your thighs every time to get the most weight or the most reps, people yeah. would already do that, like in the Olympics. But yeah, totally. they don't. Matt Fraser's not burning out his forearms. He's using his legs. His yeah, hip. exactly. Um, and, and for that, like same thing, barbell complexes, overrated, wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Sonny Webster. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Yeah, like people like, oh yeah, um, my one rep max clean to front squat to behind the neck jerk to normal jerk to snatch like that. The deadlift, that. yeah, it's ridiculous, so stupid. Like if you if you can't do a, like, and Sonny Webster is different. He has been yeah. to the Olympics. He yeah. is an expert in weightlifting. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like he can he can make up any kind of move, and he'll probably get better at it. If you can't just grab a PVC pipe and demo a perfect snatch or a perfect clean and jerk, you have no business doing that. And you're not going to get better from it. You're just like stroking your ego yeah. and probably having fun. Like there's no problem with having fun, but you need to know the like the actual results that are going to come from that. And it's probably not going to be more snatch or more clean and jerk weights. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so I managed to shoehorn a few extra overrated. They were good. They were good ones. I like those ones. Thanks. Um, okay, what about underrated? I think anything where you have to hold something statically uh -huh. is underrated. So like a hollow hold, a top of pull-up hold, even just hanging from a bar, an overhead hold with a barbell, squat hold, like anything where you're having to like hold a weight, a farmer's carry, Anything like that, I think, is really, really underrated because it's really hard to measure it really, like, really obviously. Mm. Like, like, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not that difficult, but it's not as easy as like a one rep max back squat or like a, a heavy clean or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because um, in a similar sense, uh, you can get people that are really strong lifting weights when they've got a barbell, dumbbell in their hand, whatever. But those same people maybe aren't strong when it comes to just moving their own body weight. Yeah. Or Because um, something Linda said to me recently, so she uh, has been doing yoga all the way through lockdown as part of my classes. And she has noticed that when, now that she's back at the gym, she feels stronger her whole body feels stronger, her core is stronger, her upper body strength, um, stability, all of that stuff. And that's just because 
in yoga you're just holding your own body weight mostly yeah um like would never use any weights in yoga um so yeah uh i think that that sort of strength is totally underrated like just being able to like hold a plank hold yourself in a, a hollow position like being able to do that is hard and requires a lot of work but it's yeah. just not very glamorous is it no and i admittedly it's definitely not as much fun unless you're going for something like like a really heavy farmer's carry is really fun because you can put a lot of weight on it like i i, I you can you should be able to farmer's carry more than your one rep max deadlift so that's like the heaviest thing you'll do in the gym most likely I mean, in, like we're not going to be doing that in class like just telling you right now we're not doing that but uh logistically it's a nightmare but like that's probably kind of fun but like accumulating five minutes every day of hollow holds less fun yeah totally agree um okay what else we t- we spoke about turkish get-ups right <laughs> love a turkish get yeah yeah I uh-huh, have because I mean like it's it's full body movement isn't it yeah. shoulder stability core got some legs in there and um, did you know that Paul Howell once did a Turkish get up with I think it was 57 and a half kilos on a barbell that's very impressive well, that's really impressive as well that's really impressive yeah you'll never get him like telling anyone that it's always me <laughs> weird couples uh bragging like also not the sexiest thing to like go like it's my boyfriend can uh turkish get up 57 and a half kilos (laughs) yeah like really obscure number and really obscure movement (laughs) um yeah and bobby would be so proud of us for saying that as well bobby Bobby loves turkish get-ups anything kettlebell I think he's got like just loads of kettlebells at home and that's all he does is kettlebell swings and Turkish get-ups. Now that personally for me would be really boring. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I couldn't hold myself to just doing that, but it's a nice change from, from time to time. Um, like going back to what we said about like the, the best bang for your buck movements in a really fast Metcon, Turkish get-ups are kind of slow. So it might not be the best choice every single day or every single week to put into something like that, but you should be prepared to do it at some point. Like it doesn't have to be every worker doesn't have to be that max out speed. So you can put something in there. that's a little bit slower from, Mm -hmm. from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, what about running? I think it's overrated for some people and underrated for others. Yeah. I would say most people that for, for most people running is one of those ones where it, very quickly shows up if there's something not right or something that you need to work on a weakness and imbalance um and yeah and if that's the case people will just avoid it yeah um, i think yeah i, I sorry go ahead I no 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 but um i do agree that obviously some people love it uh, and yeah. not, not for me <laughs> yeah i mean i, like I don't it, particularly I, like I do love like sprinting in a metcon that's really yeah. fun but i would never choose to like just nip out for a run of an evening no no i mean i don't yeah i don't particularly like running enough to like be a runner i just mm-hmm. i had to run a lot when i did judo and i'm scarred from that so i don't want to have to do what? all that much 
Why would you run if you did judo? Because surely we had, you're to, we had to lose a bunch of weight most of the time. Oh, right. Okay. It's just easy. Um, we would do like every year we would go to Belgium and do these conditioning camps for like a week. And it was like the hottest week of the year over there. And we'd have like running up sand dunes and like running along the beach and all that kind of stuff. And I got my, I got my fill then. I don't, don't want to do it outside of a CrossFit workout now. I think S and C coaches use running far too much. Um, because like, for example, um, I had a client who plays rugby and her coach, like she wants to get fit, more match fit. Yeah. And then her coach just said, you need to run more. Yeah, more miles in. Yeah. You need to go for 5Ks, you need to go for 10Ks. Now, I don't play rugby, but I imagine running um, for 10 kilometers is nothing like playing rugby. No. And I'm Um, sure they get those distances in. Like my, my brother plays football and he has like, like a distance tracker thing, like maybe Strava or something like that he uses when he goes training and mm-hmm. he'll regularly clock up like over 10 K in a training session or mm-hmm. in a match. But like, that means that you're doing 10 K every time you're training or playing, you don't need to do yeah. any more. Yeah. Like you're just adding stuff on top of that. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Yeah. Um, any last movements? So I do like a Turkish get up. Something that, so I work, um, for uh, Emma, uh, ESG Fitness, and we got into like quite a funny discussion one time. She absolutely hates kettlebells, and I think the reason <laughs> that she hates kettlebells is because um, so lockdown started, and we had like hundreds of clients on commit to six, and they're all like scrambling to buy equipment. Yeah, and uh, you could not get a dumbbell or a set of dumbbells for love nor money. Um, and plus a set like two dumbbells was really expensive yeah but what people could find was a kettlebell and um it was we were finding it really annoying because most people don't know how to use kettlebells no they're much harder they're much harder if you've never used one before then like pressing it or squatting it like people don't know how to do it like and yeah. and so i can totally understand for that reason why um she found them she hates them um however like <laughs> I was doing a wad the other day um that had a uh, power snatch in it and I was like I'm not doing them right now because I don't like I have a big belly in the way um so I did kettlebell snatch instead and I was just thinking I am so glad that I have spent a long time practicing kettlebell snatch because yeah. it, it see when you get it it just feels so satisfying like see yeah yeah that that movement and it's also efficient and it works so well so yeah I can totally see both sides I think they're overrated for the general population however in CrossFit like it it can be really technical and it is worth your time it is worth your well learning how to do it properly so that you don't hurt yourself and get big massive forearm bruises when you're doing your (laughs) your kettlebell snatch (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think it's, it's like does not get given enough credit for how complex it is mm-hmm. like people are like yeah it's just like a dumbbell snatch it's easy and then they come away with like a smashed apple watch and a broken <laughs> forearm <laughs> oh, oh god yeah see the amount yeah. of times like i've seen people do it with their fancy garment yeah. and i'm like please just take that off take that off yeah yeah like 
that's that's definitely a a big part. Like, take your watch off, please. Just don't don't leave that on for that, or at least turn it around the other way so it's on like the inside of your forearm. Yeah, it's not it's not worth it. Right. Okay. So we move on. I think we have like discussed that to death. Um. <laughs> right. We've got a question from Jackie. Sorry, Jackie. Jacqueline. Um. She has asked us. Like the, she love I love the question she asks us because like she's interviewing us. Um, as you're both with partners who also train in some form, how have you balanced what you need out of training, nutrition, etc., with what your partner needs? Does it often become quite similar as it is easier to manage whilst also enjoying your relationship? Um, so Jackie and Heather are both members of Unit Four. And maybe that's something they're just currently trying to negotiate right now. <laughs> um, so let's let's uh, let's discuss this, right? Okay. So, Chris, Chrissy's partner Sarah is um, a CrossFit coach, and she's also like an aspiring professional CrossFitter. Would you say that's right? She trains. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. She trains yeah, a lot. She, she trains a lot. Um, she's totally on it when it comes to like her nutrition. And she's really dedicated. So how would you, how do you balance what you need out of training and nutrition with what she needs? Um, to be honest, for us, it's never really been a problem. Um, I do not care as much as she does. You are the most chilled out man. I am, yeah, I like, I, I'm happy to make sacrifices if I need to. Like if we, if we're not going to have a food in the house because whatever like if, if it's just not going to fit in with whatever she's eating at the time like on the most part I'm fine with that and she has to put up with me buying massive boxes of cereal and and eating like four portions at a time um to be, uh, we've like, we've never really trained together like she she's across at Glasgow and she does all of her training there so on the most part we don't really we don't really have that problem no I I can imagine if you're in the same place like competing with each other every single time you come into the gym like I'd probably be pretty annoyed if you well not if when she beats me in every single workout we went <laughs> to get head to head on unless it had like something that was way in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. like she would win every single workout so um I could yeah I'd probably be a little bit annoyed if that mm-hmm. was the case but we don't do the same workouts really ever so I don't, I've never had to really deal with that. Oh, that's good. Do you, um, okay, what was the next part of our question? Does it often become quite similar as it is easier to manage while also enjoying your relationship? No, I think that's like, if it gets to the stage where you're not enjoying your relationship anymore because, <laughs> because like hey, one of the other partners. problems. Yeah. yeah, see, the thing is you see this all the time um, and I, I'm definitely not talking about like you and Sarah at all. <laughs> But you you see like someone being so <laughs> dedicated to um, their sport um, or it, in particular CrossFit that you, you think that some things are being um, sacrificed. Yeah. And and in my opinion, if if unless you are like a paid professional athlete, then that's extremely selfish. Yeah, I think it I think it depends on like the expectations that are set. Like if mm-hmm. If the expectation was that, I don't know, I don't even know how a good example of this, 
if I was expecting Sarah to be here all the time with me and never be at the gym, and then suddenly she was there three hours a day, yeah, like fair enough if I get a little bit pissed about that. But like, I know that she wants to be uh, a really high level athlete. We've talked about it, and it's not a surprise. It's not like if if she's at the gym for like three, four hours on a Saturday morning. I I I don't really have a leg to stand on if I get annoyed about it because we've already discussed what the way it's going to be um but then i guess it does cut like have you ever read the five love languages book oh i know what the love languages are yeah yeah yeah. um so have you so in the have you ever done the test uh i think i know what my love language is yeah yeah um so i imagine if like if you're not very aligned there so if you like both want very different things and don't express yourselves in the way that the other person needs, mm-hmm. then I'm sure they can come to like some sort of conflict there. So if like for me, I one of my main love languages is time together. So mm-hmm. if we don't get any of that because of her training all the time, then yeah, I'm sure there would be problems. But we make a point of like, we, we're always together in the evening. Wow. We t- sometimes have time during the day when we're not working um so we get we just find ways around it mine are acts of service and gifts so make my dinner and buy me new make coins <laughs> so i think when i went through the test i think there's like the max score for each one is like 10 or 15 or something like that uh-huh. and i think like my gift score was like one or zero. Oh really it was super super low i think like acts of service was quite high up there yeah, I, I think like a gift one is very low. I'm I'm actually joking, but no, active <laughs> service and um, time spent. What are the other ones? Um, words is it words of affirmation and yeah, then the, is it not affection as well. Um, what's the last one? I think it's physical touch. Physical touch, one? yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's one. Um, so as long as I'm getting a high five at the end of the workout <laughs> <laughs> and new pair of shoes <laughs> and. <laughs> Me with dinner. <laughs> Paul does all the washing up. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I don't think Paul and I have ever had any issue when it comes to, like, balancing our own training needs because, um, like, Paul enjoys exercise probably the same way that I do. Like, I would say maybe I'm, a, no, I am a lot more competitive than he is and he's really good at managing that even when I'm, like, <laughs> I beat you. um however the the probably the the issue that we've come up against is um nutrition it's like so (laughs) what was really funny is paul has been on a a program that i'm running with emma called commit to six and now he's on like the sort of running on one called committed and it's just like accountability with his nutrition and there's a Facebook group and someone was posting saying, oh, I'm really struggling because my partner keeps bringing cookies into the house. <laughs> and he's like, he was like, have you seen this, Shona? That is so selfish. I was like, that was our entire life before you started Commit to Six. Um, so, uh, and then another, like we, I also got asked this question in Commit to Six and it was about, um, I almost could have been written by Paul right now because the <laughs> the the tables have been completely turned 
Um, and the person the person was asking about his heavily pregnant wife eating all the chocolate and um, how it's like it's hard for him to stick to his goals. And we were we were like, I don't think that you can ever like when it comes to diet, like it's totally fair enough that you want to be dedicated and you want to like try and avoid eating certain things. But you cannot expect the person that you're living with to also adhere to that. Yeah. Like, um, it's just it's just not fair. So it's just going to be a case of like testing your willpower a little bit more. Um, and whenever I'm eating chocolate or something and Paul's like, oh, I want some of that as well. I'm just like, commit to sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like it can, it can be quite hard for him right now because I'm not like, um, I'm, I'm just eating in a way that I really enjoy and eating yeah. things that whatever I want. Um, and he's like trying to be more dedicated in that sense. But um, I, I kind of try and meet him halfway and, and avoid like encouraging him. So instead of yeah. instead of me being like, do you want to get a paisano tonight? Um, I will I will uh, have our wrap pizzas instead. But um, yeah, I think uh, for me the the hundred percent priority in my life is like enjoying the relationships that I have, and then probably second to that is my fitness and my training and all that. So um, as long as long as everyone in the relationship is probably on the same boat then it's it's healthy wouldn't you say nailed it yep. yeah yeah do uh, does sarah steal your clothes or no you... not really um she might wear something like my jumper sometimes but mm-hmm. not normally she has plenty of clothes she doesn't need mine oh does she not right okay <laughs> i wear quite a lot of paul's gym kit right now like his conviction that's funny um yeah so he gets quite annoyed at me when i steal them uh anyway i think we've we've answered that question wouldn't you say i think so i don't really have much more to add to that yeah well i enjoyed that chris thank you so much that was fun yeah We we need more questions like that we need more questions like that interviewing us asking us our thoughts on things um and we hope you've we've answered your question on nasal breathing um have a wonderful week and i'll see you soon chris bye, bye. Shona.